So today we're sitting down with one of our naturopaths and PAT practitioners, Stephen, to have a chat about a condition that's quite rare but is an emerging gastrointestinal disorder that's becoming, has surfaced in the last 20 years or so called EOE. So Stephen, do you mind just starting off on what EOE is? Yeah, no worries, Jess. So EOE uh, is short for a gastrointestinal disease called esophagic esophagitis. <laughs> and so, yeah, as you said, it's only it's been emerging only in the past two decades or so. But basically, um, EOE is this antigen-driven inflammatory gastrointestinal disorder. <laughs> so in other words, for lay people, like EOE is a disease where allergens, so whether these allergens are food or environment-driven, where these antigens or allergens cause gastrointestinal inflammation, but specifically affecting the esophagus. Mm -hmm. So this tube running between the stomach and the throat. So where our food travels down after we chew and swallow. And so although some people do in fact develop EOE uh, that affects the stomach, small parts of the intestine or the colon. So technically the condition isn't limited to the esophagus. Mm-hmm. So they co- they are all collectively known as azonophilic gastrointestinal disorders. Mm-hmm. But it does tend to most commonly present in the esophagus um, since azonophils, which are white blood cells, are not usually present in the gastrointestinal tissue. Yeah. And so, yeah, these azonophils, these, they're a type of white blood cell that tend to be raised or high in response to an allergic reaction or an infection, such as the parasite. Mm-hmm. And so, interestingly, it does appear to be more common in males. Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists aren't sure why, but they do know it has a strong genetic predisposition. It's very common in the atopic families. Yeah. So families with histories of eczema, allergic rhinitis, Uh, asthma. So when working with clients um, who have not had this diagnosis, generally, uh, we generally are drilling them about not only their medical history, but their family, because it can be a key sign uh, looking into this Mm. issue, this Mm -hmm. is not a feeling of esophagitis. So is it an autoimmune disease? No. So autoimmunity is when the body goes on attack against its own tissues. Okay. Uh, whereas EOE is this allergic antigen-driven condition. So the body isn't so much uh, turning on itself. It's res- it's in a chronic state of inflammation due mm. to someone being sensitive to so many different antigens. Okay. So where the body is flagging things which should be harmless. So it could be peanuts, gluten, casein, mm-hmm. it could be pollens or dust mites, whatever it is. And these things which should be harmless uh, mount an immune response against these things. Um, but there are, in fact, a pretty huge wide range of potential triggers, which is why this condition can be very tricky to treat. Yeah. Uh, it does appear that <clears throat> EOE is commonly linked to inflammatory bowel disease, mm-hmm. IBD, which so this includes ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, chronic inflammatory gut issues, basically, mm. mm-hmm. seem to be linked with EOE. Mm-hmm. And it's also very commonly linked with gourd or reflux. Mm-hmm. And in practice, you know, we do see people who have EOE do tend to have one of the conditions in the atopic triad as well. So the yeah. hay fever, the eczema or yep. the asthma or a combination of all of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So can you run us through the specific triggers of EOE? Yes. Mm. So... 
as I just mentioned, there are a huge variety, nor will it be the same for everyone. It's really individual, which is why it's very tricky to figure out what people are being triggered by. Yeah. So it can be food allergy or it can also be involvement of food chemical sensitivity. Yeah. It can be chemicals. It can be environmental uh, triggered as well. But foods are the most common. I guess that makes sense because it is basically, yeah, where they're getting most exposed. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And there was a study showing that, you know, a specific kind of elimination diet known as the elemental diet, mm -hmm. this is a really restrictive diet mm. of basically liquid and powdered formulas that are void of all the big protein antigens. Yeah. And they all that's in the powder and nutrients that will allow someone to survive while avoiding so many Gosh, foods. sounds all, extreme, yeah. Yeah, so it's most commonly given to babies mm. and young kids mm -hmm. when they present with this because yeah. they're so sensitive. Yeah. So, you know, a particular study showed 90% uh, improvement in symptoms mm -hmm. in people. So food appears to be a big, big yep. factor yeah. and another 10% may be attributed to the chemical and environmental triggers. Yeah. But again, it's just one study. Mm -hmm. um, it will be different for everyone. Yeah. Um, so the only issue with something like the elemental diet is that despite improvement, despite clinical improvement in such a high rate of patients, the symptoms often recur and come back yeah. once trying to normalize the diet. Because if they're reacting to that food, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's a huge percentage of rebound mm. symptoms, mm. relapse. It's not a long term. Yeah. No. And there, but I guess for stressed out parents, mm. the kids, all you can kids do. are so unwell. Mm. Um, it's kind of the only thing at that point in time which is relieving them of symptoms yeah. and there are so many potential food triggers it's really different for each person and so I guess yeah with triggers I'll start with the top eight mm -hmm. so from the perspective of this top eight elimination diet that's recommended for people with EOE mm -hmm. so the top eight elimination diet basically excludes the top eight allergens uh, mm -hmm. that most commonly cause allergic reactions in people yeah. so these top eight allergens uh, are wheat dairy, eggs, soy, tree nuts, peanuts, fish, and shellfish. Mm -hmm. And this top eight elimination diet, uh, again, looking at some studies, it appears to be effective at reducing the severity of symptoms uh, up to about 80% okay. in patients. Mm. So it's a really good starting point of treatment, yeah. at least beginning with, okay, get rid of these top eight mm. allergens. And, and see what happens. Yeah, and see if you notice any improvement. Every patient is so different though. So despite improvement uh, of these eight allergens in some people, there are classically other foods and triggers at play. So for example, these top eight food allergens uh, may go, but a lot of people who are still reacting are in fact having reactions to one or more of the four major food chemicals. Yeah. So they're not allergies, these are the food intolerances. So people may also be reacting to salicylates, histamine, amine, and glutamate. These so are the big yeah. four. We've done good uh, blogs on these as well, which you can refer back to yes. as well. Yeah. yeah. And so this is why people are put on such restrictive elimination diets beyond the top eight, because even if mm. you're avoiding the top eight allergens, you know, these food chemicals are ubiquitous amongst so many foods, including all fruit and veg. Yeah. They're impo near impossible to avoid, which let people end up on elimination diet, uh, mm. elemental diet. But so after accounting for the top eight allergens and the four major food chemicals, people with the EOA are very sensitive. They yeah. all 
some people react to seemingly very innocuous foods such as rice mm. or pear or mango. Jeez. Yeah, it's mm. so individual. Um, and then people can also be triggered by environment. Mm -hmm. so airborne, some people do get EOE flares with pollens, dust and dust mites, grasses and moles. Yeah. So there are so many different triggers that will be different for each individual. Yeah. Um, and we'll touch on testing, but it's why clinically I advise people get a whole range of different testing yeah. just to rule, rule out everything, anything out. and everything. Yeah, fair and enough. And to keep very, uh, go through a period of keeping very detailed food diaries yep. of their yep. practitioner and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So what are the symptoms of EOE? Yeah, so the symptoms of EOE kind of progress differently depending on the age group. Okay. So in so this is very common in babies and young mm. kids, EOE. It's really distressing for a lot of parents mm. when, you know, they're I guess they're classically told their baby simply has reflux and yeah. is fussy. And we say that a lot in clinic. Yeah, yeah, take a medication mm. and they should be fine. Uh, but so in babies, it can present as severe reflux or in a lot of babies it presents as silent reflux. Mm -hmm. So I guess silent reflux is when babies have a lot of nasal congestion, a chronic coughing and respiratory issues and they're spitting up food. Yeah. They have this general failure to thrive. Uh, so this is silent reflux. Uh, so if kids have silent reflux, um, whereas the classic reflux is babies hiccuping and yep. wet burping and gagging. Um, you can have, so they can have classic reflux or mm, silent reflux, yeah. but babies who present with that um, may have EOE. Yeah. And so in babies who have EOE, they, the symptoms that generally present are constant throwing up, yeah. vomiting, um, refusing food, mm. a failure to thrive mm. and signs of upper abdominal pain. So what babies will do if they have a lot of upper mm. abdominal pain is they're putting their legs up all mm. the time. Yeah. But, you know, with a lot of babies um, fail to thrive, but mm. babies and kids, they may also look well. So mm. just because they look well doesn't mean they don't yeah, feel well. Yeah, can't rule it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're generally not sleeping well. Yeah. A lot of babies, and they tend to be, they appear to be clawing at their chest yeah. a lot because they're, they're trying oh, to get into this pain mm. and they're trying to communicate they've got esophageal inflammation. Mm. Yeah, it's awful. Mm. Um, so when kids hit three or five to five years old, they'll still have this reflux issue, but they will start to experience heartburn, uh, vomiting, abdominal pain, but then they start to develop dysphagia, okay. which is the medical term for difficulty with swallowing. Uh, so the difficulty swallowing is a key symptom of EOE in yeah. kids and adults. And so I guess you'll find kids generally <coughs> complaining a lot of stomach pains and a burning sore mm. throat. And hiccups is another big symptom, mm. which has to do with reflux. Yes. Yeah. And you'll kind of be able to pick up if EOE may be an issue because kids and adults feel a need to constantly be drinking water with their meals because mm -hmm. they feel like this is allowing them to swallow food better. Yeah. food is getting impacted. Mm. Yeah. And so as people grow older into adulthood, yeah, these key symptoms are the trouble swallowing mm -hmm. and the reflux symptoms. And, yeah, it's important to understand it's tricky to pinpoint the food triggers exactly uh, depending on the symptoms people are experiencing because the symptoms can occur within minutes to days yeah. depending on their triggers and their threshold mm. for certain triggers. So and I guess that's tricky. where a diary kind of comes in as well, yeah. being able to backtrack and, yeah, but it is, it is difficult. Yeah, yeah, it is tricky. Yeah. And so another key sign... Um, 
it's not really a symptom, but an mm. uh, indicator that you may have EOE is if, if uh, when people present with these symptoms, they're classically uh, prescribed a proton pump inhibitor or mm -hmm. a PPI. So this is prescribed for people with reflux. Yeah. But if the PPI, you've been taking it and it doesn't seem to help with symptoms at all, it's highly likely you have EOE. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this is a requirement of being properly diagnosed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how are people diagnosed with this? Like what should the steps be? Yeah. So the hallmark criteria is being non-responsive to PPI therapy. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of measurements of tests, uh, people have to have 15 or more zonophils per high powered field. And okay. this measurement is basically a measurement of the zonophil white cell infiltration. In yeah. yeah. And so okay. they find this number. Um, it can only be done via biopsy, basically. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. an esophageal biopsy is the only way of being truly diagnosed. Okay. They can go in and see if there's this infiltration yeah. of the eosinophils in the tissue. Wow. And also, generally, they need to be non-responsive to PPIs. Yeah. Yeah. So babies will need a referral to a paediatric gastroenterologist. Adults, adults will need to visit a gastroenterologist who is aware of EOE, and yeah. they will perform an endoscopy mm. to have a scope and look down the esophagus and then a biopsy to confirm if yeah. it's true EOE. Mm -hmm. And so that's diagnosis. Mm. And in terms of what are the next steps of further testing and treating it properly, because mm -hmm. I have met people who've been diagnosed with EOE, but uh, then they've been giving, given classical medical treatment of yeah. steroids, a few other drugs, but they don't take testing further to look at triggers. Yeah. Um, so it's kind yeah. of just masking the symptoms, if anything. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's antigen-driven. Well, a lot of people want to know what, what are their triggers. Yeah. Um, and I, so the first step is to get the diagnosis, obviously, but you want to work out your triggers. Mm. So there are a variety of ways to test for your triggers to allergens and intolerances. Mm -hmm. It can be done through skin prick testing, uh, IgG food intolerance testing, or in our case here at Health and Wellness Australia, mm -hmm. it can be done by muscle testing. Mm -hmm. So I generally clinically recommend people get any or all of it done. Yeah. By the time, and I say that because by the time most people have ended up here, they've done all the other kinds yeah. of testing and treatment. Mm -hmm. um, so they've figured out some of their allergens yeah. with skin prick testing and the conventional route. Um, they may have done IgG testing, mm -hmm. um, so for more for food intolerance. Yeah. They might be trying elimination diets, but for whatever reason, um, that these people are very hypersensitive, so for yeah. whatever reason, they're still having reactions, they're being triggered, still struggling to pinpoint foods. Yeah. And so we offer this other form of testing and treatment to help tease that out. Yeah. And also the treatments we do help to desensitise people yeah. to the food chemicals, yeah. to the allergens. Yeah, so that treating they, it at the source. Yeah, mm. so if they do eat them, they're not going to get reactions. Yeah. So I guess in terms of treatment, I basically get people to start out as a uh, priority, at least start avoiding the top eight yeah. while you're getting all this testing done. Yeah. And then to do our testing and treatment so that they stop having reactions and then yeah. the inflammatory load is taken off the gut. Yeah. Uh, which is great. We can start getting people, um, give people answers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so once they've avoided and treated their own individual trigger foods, uh, the big ones, particularly the food chemicals. Yeah. Obviously, we need to treat the allergens, but for a lot of people, the food chemical, yeah. the salicylate, mm. histamine, can be the missing piece for a yeah. lot of people as well. Yeah. Yep. And so these chemicals have 
can be, some of them are very high in a lot of herbal medicines and supplements. Yeah. So that's why whenever I meet people who I figure out have EOE or are coming to me with the diagnosed and want help treating mm. it, I don't start off giving them a lot of herbs and supplements. Yeah. I priority is to do the testing and treatments yeah. for their get the reactions down foods, mm. get the reactions down, get the treatments done, and mm-hmm. then I will eventually follow that up and start bringing in specific gut healing supplements, yeah. nutritional and herbal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will also at the same time consider some extra nervous system, adrenal stress support because mm. this is very easily exacerbated by stress because yeah. it's a stressful yeah. condition. Gastrointestinal condition that's stressful itself. That, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, and mm. people are so stressed because most people have had this for a while but yeah. it's just not very well known. Yeah. Well, it starts with babies as well. Like yeah. imagine a lot of people going through with misdiagnosis or just under the radar um, yeah. and it can feel semi-normal. Yes. a lot of people as well, which is a bit scary. Yeah, mm. and we do have quite a handful of people who've had treatments yeah. here who've and had the EOE diagnosis well. and mm. they respond incredibly mm-hmm. well mm. and it's, uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah. All yeah. right. Thanks, Stephen. So if you do, if you think you may be struggling with EOE or know someone who is struggling with it, um, please feel free to get in touch with us through our website, which is naturalallergytreatment.com.au. We have a clinic around Australia as well as one in New Zealand as well. Um, and, yeah, just get in touch have a read through our treatments and go from there. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Jess.